Tumbling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Welcome back to Worthy of Recognition, our monthly look at the powerful friends and the people and places, the names and faces that make up our Star Wars experience. And with me this week, it gives me a great deal of pleasure to talk with one of the, if not the most, most supportive and encouraging people in all of Star Wars fandom. This guy's support and encouragement knows no bounds. It's Neil Lowry. How you doing, sir? I'm fine, thank you. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Finally, after all this time, it's 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 really it's really a, a, a privilege to get to talk to you. And you? So everything's everything's good for you. Everything's okay on your yeah, end. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. I, I hear you have some snow to deal with again today. Yes, uh, a rare occurrence in our parts, but uh, got for it okay. Yeah, all the torn torns are back and uh, resting up. So yeah. <laughs> no wampa sightings. <laughs> Not today, no, no. Bit sheepish today. <laughs> well, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday afternoon to uh, to join us here. It's it's. Uh, I know weekends are always crunched for time, so it's it's. Uh, I'm really uh, appreciative of the time that uh, you're you're throwing our way. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. So let let's go back to the beginning with you, Neil. When did you become a Star Wars fan? Oh, uh, 1977. I was. Probably about seven or eight, uh, and before there was a time before Star Wars, amazingly, uh, and that was uh, I liked uh, things like uh, Doctor Who, uh, Evil Can Evil, that sort of thing. And I think my first ever awareness of Star Wars was a a children's TV program that we had in the UK every evening. It's a little uh, five minute news little program. Um, I think one day they had a, a little news item on Star Wars and they showed a, a clip from the film, which was the uh, part of the escape from the Death Star. And that's probably my first awareness of it. And that was it for you? Was that in- you, you were interested right away or you had to actually see the film first before uh, it took over your life? I was, in- uh, I was pretty much interested, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the actual film didn't get a general release in the UK till 1978. Uh, so I probably saw it in probably the spring or summer of that year. Wow, and and you were you'd have been the perfect age. Oh yeah, yeah perfect age, yeah. And and forty years strong, you're still a huge fan. Maybe, maybe even as big a fan as you've ever been. Oh yeah, now yeah now yeah. I mean, I've had the when the dark time, dark times come after the original trilogy, I got a bit older and sort of drifted away from it and got back into it from the prequels and and again when uh, the Disney takeover came and yes yeah, strong as ever it's amazing the hold that this thing has on us because you're right there there were a couple of air quotes dead dead zones a couple of dark times yeah. that it, you know, Star Wars was always still just beneath the surface ready to come back and when when George did bring back the prequels we all jumped right back into it it was it was like it was never gone and then when Disney took over, it, th- of course, social media was now a thing, and now we can all yeah. we can all feed the cycle together. So it's yeah. it's 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 amazing the power this thing has had on us. Yeah. So throughout the years, I imagine there are some faces 
and some people that have helped shape your experience with Star Wars. So let's let's kick off the list, and it doesn't have to be in any particular order, or or you can put it in order if you like. Uh, but throw us the first name or face uh, that has helped shape your Star Wars experience. It would be the time around The Empire Strikes Back. And I'm always a sort of person that picks uh, side characters rather than the main characters. I do love the, you know, the main trio, Luke, Han and Leia. But uh, especially Empire Strikes Back, I came enamoured with the uh, Rebel Hoff soldier. And that whole space, that whole uh, snow battle. I just, I couldn't get anything, enough of uh, any images or anything of uh, that battle on particular uh, Hoff Rebel Troopers. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Maybe it's because I'm I'm in Canada and we're surrounded by snow yeah. for half the year. But that b- Battle of Hoth has always been super uh, iconic to me as well. Yeah, it was just something I gravitated gravitated towards. And uh, as I said, any any image or picture of a Hoff Rebel Trooper uh, that is actual my my favorite vintage action figure. Action figure. Uh, so no, yeah, everything to do with that is just I love, you know, just. Now, it's do, great. You, do you have a little collection of Hoth Rebel Troopers? I, I know you said that you, you know, the, the vintage guy is, is special to you. Yeah, uh, do you I do have, you have the, a little side collection of of Hoth, all things Hoth? Yes, yes, I have the uh, original Kenner one, uh, a small sized, and I have the uh, Gentle Giant, uh, really large sized one, and uh, I have the Power of the Force one as well. Wow. Uh, the gentle giant one must be really nice. Oh yeah, very nice. I got that uh, for about a year ago at a toy fair, and uh, I managed to haggle the price down to a reasonable price, and I was really lucky to get it. Good job. I'm so, I'm, I'm a terrible haggler. <laughs> <laughs> people go, what's? I ask people the price of something, and they say, well, it's, it's you know, it's it's a hundred, and I go, oh, okay, <laughs> and I either pay it, pay it or I don't. Yeah. But I never think to go, oh, would you take seventy five? I never ever yeah. do that. I'm, I, I, I think I, I got was... it down to about yeah, I got it down to I think about ninety pounds or oh, uh, UK pounds. That's yeah, that's still a hefty piece though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, it's hefty, but there was only one left, and I wasn't gonna leave without it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once uh, it sets it sets its hooks in you, it's, I yeah. you I have to have that piece. Yeah. So what what is it about the Battle of Hoth? That is, is, I mean, it's it's all bleak. It's all white. Why do we love that battle so much? Uh, I think something that wasn't really, I think the first time I've been in movies, really, well, in that actual big battle, you know, in a snowy environment, uh, plus the Imperial Walkers were something pretty new, and it was just something that I couldn't get enough of. I think I think that must be it. I think above all else, it's the Walkers, isn't it? It's just these things that we'd never seen before. These menacing giant walking dinosaurs. Yeah. I remember seeing that as a kid and going, oh my God, what what are those? Yeah. Now, of course, we have the gorilla walkers from The Last Jedi that dwarf the, yeah. the, the AT-ATs. Yeah. It's like, now, now it's like, oh, well, the, the rebels got off light there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Hoth Rebel Trooper is tops on your list. Did 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 you watch? Did you ever watch? I know it's a U.S. show, but did you ever watch Cheers growing up? I have watched it. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Cliff Clavin, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I still yeah. laugh every time I see that. It's 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 never not going to be funny to me. Just to see yeah. Cliff Clavin in Empire Strikes Back, but it's I, I always get yeah. sad that they they dubbed over his voice. Yeah, I always uh, have a little joke to myself that when you see him, they don't all shout normal. <laughs> there's got to be something about that on YouTube. There has to yeah. be. And if there's not, it needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so who's, who's the next name or face on your list? Who? Uh, probably when I got back into Star Wars again during the late 90s and uh, coming up to the prequels, uh, I think the the pre uh, the successor to Ralph McQuarrie was a uh, Doug Chang, and I really got drawn to his art for the Phantom Menace. Good answer. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I got uh, I went to Celebration Europe in 2013, and I did actually get to meet him, and I got an autograph from him. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. No, that that is that's a unique. Actually, both of your answers so far have been totally unique, which is I love it. Neil, you're killing this thing already. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Doug Chang. Yeah, I remember. I I have the art, you know, the art of books for all the movies dating back to the prequels, and there I always yeah. find them so so fascinating to look at because you you see, of course, the Macquarie inspirations, but you also see, you know, designs that didn't quite make the film but popped up in other films. So I yeah. think, it, it, do you have the, the art of the Phantom Menace? Yes, I have a art of Phantom Menace clones, Sif. Uh, I've got all the original ones, and I've got uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rogue One. Oh, so you got it? You you've got them all. Yeah. Pokemon would be proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so I, yeah, I remember. Look, I. The art of the Phantom Menace was the first one that I ever picked up, and it made such an impression on me—a huge impression. And if, you know, Doug Chang is all over that thing, and his work yeah. is just so so good. And the way the explanations for it—he was just so open and, and forthright with the, where the inspiration comes from. That's uh, Doug Chang. Yeah, I, I think, love uh, that answer. Yeah, uh, I think some fans got a bit turned off because there wasn't enough uh, nods back to the original trilogy. But for me, it was a uh, it was Star Wars, but skewed in a slightly different way and a new way. And that's sort of something I loved. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they can't always be looking back to the same three films. It, it, it will get boring. If you just if you just want to keep pulling oh, yeah, yeah. and playing off the OT, things will eventually get boring. Yeah. So I'm yeah. the, the, the prequels are so original. I, I love that they just, they just broadened Star Wars' base. Yeah. So what... What Doug Chang art stands out to you the most? Oh, uh, probably my favourite bit, a piece was something that isn't really that flashy, but it was always his uh, painting of the uh, Naboo starships. That's with on with the you know it's like at sunset right where there's like a pinkish sky. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's that, that would be mine as well. It's on the cover of the book, right? Yeah, it's one. I think it was one of the first images of ever. I ever saw of a Phantom Menace. It was, uh, it was in some magazine. I think it was, uh, might have been, I think you get Star Wars Insider and we got Star Wars Magazine over in the UK. And I think it was on one of their uh, issues in, I think, 98, I think it was. And uh, yeah, that, that picture was probably my favourite Phantom Menace picture. 
that yeah it is it is a super nice picture i i have a a, a tin of prints and i, I had never seen it before a, a, a former coworker bought it at a garage sale for me and it, oh, she, yeah. i think she paid next to nothing for it and it's it's a nice chrome box and it's just filled with prints from the art of the phantom menace it's so nice and it's buried in my yeah. closet and i have to unearth it and probably get a few of those prints up on the wall because they're just so good and i think i think it's all Doug yeah. chang I know there, I don't want to sell the other yeah. artists short, but when you talk about art of the prequels, for me, it's still all all about Doug Chang. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to number three on your list. Oh, number three. It would be uh, when I got back really into uh, Star Wars again. Uh, I think. That the day when uh, Disney announced they were buying, they bought Star Wars and there were new movies. I suppose my third person would be Bob Iger, really, because I've got to thank him for getting me back into Star Wars again. <laughs> thank you for buying out George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Because who knows? Who knows what where we'd be today if Disney hadn't taken over? Yeah. We could be I... nowhere. Maybe maybe George would have decided. You know what? I I have to do this. There's there's too many people that want this, and I want this story to get out. So maybe he would have done it. I don't know how that would have played out, but thank goodness Disney decided to uh, pony up four billion dollars. Yeah, and of course Bob yeah, Iger I, at the head of that. Yeah, I always remember that day because it, I mean, it was a Tuesday night for us, and uh, I got home from work, and I don't usually switch on news channels and. For some reason, I did that night, and uh, I think it was CNN or someone had a little ticker going along the bottom of the page, and I caught Disney buys Lucasfilm. Uh, that was the first bit I caught. I didn't catch anything about movies or anything, and later on, I caught that there's going to be episode seven, and, well, that just blew my mind, and I thought, wow, if, I'm, you know, I'm along for the ride again, I guess. Yeah, I was at work. And I was, I was, I, I flipped over to Twitter and I saw that I just, all I saw was the headline of Disney buys Star Wars. And I was like, whoa, wow. Okay. What does that mean? And it just, the whole, like time slowed down so slowly. I just could not wrap my head around that, what that meant, but slowly, like one by one, like realizations dawned on me. Like, okay, so I guess that means George Lucas is done. That's going to be weird. And yeah. I, I let that sit for a moment. I go, wait a minute. Disney wouldn't buy Star Wars if they didn't plan <laughs> on doing more movies. Yeah. So I, I dug into the to the announcement and the news, and they'd already said that. And, you know, Episode seven's already planned for 2015. And I, I think I just started hyperventilating. My heart just started pounding. It's, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just freaking out. And that's kind of the, I, at the time I was sports blogging and that's about the time where I just put a pin in that. It was over because I knew, I knew yeah. Star Wars was going to come back and, and take it all away. Yeah. Uh, that weekend afterwards, I wasn't really, Star Wars was really sort of outside of the fringes for me. Those, those, those couple of years, probably 2010 up to that day. And that day and then that week and following, I got all my, I had all my Star Wars stuff in, in storage. 
in boxes and everything. And that's probably the best weekend I ever had was getting all that all out again and sifting through it. And I've got some uh, old bookcases where I stop, put stuff of my stuff on. And that whole weekend we just spent clearing away what was on there and just putting Star Wars stuff on. That was great. It was just, it's everything from the old original trilogy, prequels. It was a great weekend doing that. It is a lot of fun when you go through those old collectibles. It's yeah. it's it's like meeting old friends again, right? Yeah, yeah. So Bob, now Bob Iger, it, it's interesting because of course he's he was the he's the bo- big boss. So maybe, yeah. you know, he's the one that cuts the checks, I suppose. He was supposed to, I think, step away from Disney. I think was it this year or maybe 2017? He was supposed to walk I away. I think but... he was. This... Go ahead. I think he was this year. I think. And now he's he's decided to stay on. I yeah. Think, I think he's going to stick on for another at least another couple of years. And I I wonder if any of that has to do with Star Wars. And I I know that as Star Wars fans we tr- we sometimes tend to make Star Wars bigger than it really is. As as big as it is, I think we make it even bigger than it is. But I wonder if yeah. he's decided that you know what things are going really well. This whole Star Wars thing is is, is blowing up, and I'm making all kinds of of money for Disney on this. Maybe I'll stay and just help, you know, make it even more valuable so that when I do leave, my golden handshake is just that much bigger. I wonder, yeah. I, I'm being cynical. <laughs> uh, I think you might be staying on as well to help launch the uh, Disney streaming service. Yeah, it's a whole well. it's a whole thing, right? He's going to help usher yeah. this new era of Disney into, into the mix. Yeah. Good on him, I suppose. I mean, you're right. We do... We do owe Bob Iger a lot for for all these. What we've got three movies in the last three years, and another one coming in two months. Yeah. So we definitely owe this guy a big debt of gratitude. And we we don't talk about him again. You've given me three answers that have never appeared on this show before, and Bob Iger, you know, Bob Iger should be mentioned. He's he's. I mean, would this happen without him? I doubt it. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I don't know if if George Lucas had a relationship already with Bob Iger. I think probably yes, but who knows who would have Star Wars if not for Bob Iger? Would, would it be Sony or Fox or Comcast? Do we trust those companies more than we trust Disney? I I don't think I do. I don't either. I I think I think Star Wars is right where it needs to be with Disney, and I I we're obviously in a very golden era of Star Wars where we just, we can't even handle what's coming at us as as quickly as it's, as it's coming. But like, Yeah, it's like, uh, you get one movie, uh, you're slowly trying to digest it and enjoy it, and suddenly you're getting uh, trailers and announcements for, a ne- for the next movie, and it's just an ongoing thing, you know, you can never really, it's, you know, we're all very blessed to have more and more of it, but it's coming at such a pace now that it's uh, getting a bit, you know, you've got to, you can't, you can't really slow down on this, really. Enjoy I, it. I don't know how we're going to keep up. I, I really, really don't. It's 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 an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Let me let me just side tangent here for a sec. So with all of these announcements now, we, we have... J.J. Abrams working on episode nine. So we won't count him because I think we know what to expect. Yeah. But we have Ryan Johnson working on a new trilogy. We've got 
the guys from the Game of Thrones. Uh, we have the recently announced John Favreau trilogy, or uh, TV series, excuse me. Yeah. And Dave Filoni is doing what he does. Yeah. Which are you most excited for? Ooh. Probably because I love the Last Jedi, probably Ryan Johnson uh, trilogy. That would be my answer too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I wouldn't really know what the, the other two guys would do with it, with Star Wars. Uh, I know Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni will produce something pretty magical again, so, you know, I've got a lot of faith in him anyway, so... and. John Favreau, uh, I'll be interested to see what he does, but I think the main one will be the Ryan Johnson trilogy. He is presently my number one as well. Yeah. He, he Just what he did with, with The Last Jedi just worked so yeah. well for me. As polarizing as the movie has been and continues to be, it just, for me, it just it hit all the notes in ways I didn't expect it to. Yeah. What's up? We, we've you and I have never had it. We've never spoken before, but we've definitely never had a chance to speak about the Last Jedi. So, uh, what do you have a favorite part? A, a part that just just makes you so uh, emotionally fulfilled that this happened, or a, an action sequence that you just find the best thing ever? Uh, oh, so many moments of that movie. You know, uh, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> we have as long as we need. Yeah, uh, probably. Probably would be the the opening battle because uh, uh, I love the A wing pilot Tally. Yeah, Tally. Uh, uh, and seeing her in action and uh, that the resistance theme comes on when the bombers arrive and all that is just yeah is great opening to the movie and that really sucks you in at the start. Now, are you also a soundtrack junkie for Star Wars? Oh yeah, yeah, I love them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I listen to the CD in my car all the time. My 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 two my two disc vinyl is on is in the sh- in the mail, so I'll I'll be blasting that as soon as I get it. But yeah, you're right. That the cue the re- march of the resistance yeah. when the bombers are are on approach. Yeah. yeah, that was I remember watching that in the theater for the first time, and just my mind was just melting. Like they're just hitting every note for me so far. Yeah, it was fabulous stuff. And as you know, for, for a movie that was so long, two and a half hours, like there's just there's just too many moments to to list of of, of good yeah. things that worked for me. Yeah, Star Wars movies always shoot by for me. They never that really. The uh, distant well, running times of may be long, but they always go by like a click of a finger to me because I'm enjoying them so much. Oh yeah. I couldn't believe how quickly... I mean, The Force Awakens was two hours and 20 minutes, and it doesn't feel like it at all. No. It just zips right past. Yeah. Okay, so so we have the Hoth Rebel Trooper and I, and the, the entire Battle of Hoth. We have yeah. Doug Chang, and we have Bob Iger. So let's... Wow us, Neil. Hit us with the fourth name on your list. I'm, I, I'm, I'm dying to see if, if you go four for four here. My my fourth name would be someone I met in 2016 and had a big thank you to, and that would be Mary Franklin of uh, Reed Pop, who does the uh, Star Wars celebrations. Okay, good answer. 
because it's Reed Pop that organizes all of the celebrations, right? Yeah. And she's she's the the head boss there. Yeah. And you got to meet her. Yeah, uh, I met her in 2013 in Germany for the celebration Europe there, and again in London uh, a couple of years ago. What was that like? That was great. Uh, as you can imagine, she was a very very busy lady, but I managed to. Uh, spot her because uh both times and i uh, had a quick thank you for her and i got a i think i think london one i got a, a quick selfie with her very nice now did, do you know if she does, has she organized all the celebrations in recent memory like she, she also did the recent ones in anaheim and orlando uh yeah i think she did yeah hmm so i wonder if um neil maybe you got to uh Plug your contact list there and see what what she's got cooking for 2019. I'll <laughs> maybe, get maybe, on it for you. Yeah, maybe she can give us some information. Yeah. I don't know if we're going back yeah. to Anaheim or if it's going to be somewhere else, but yeah. there's got to be there's got to be a celebration for 2019, right? Oh, got to be, yeah. I've never been to one. I I would love I've to actually been... get out to one. Yeah. It, what is it are... like? Like, what's what is your what's the best part for you of of going to a celebration? I got the first one I went to was 2007 in London. Uh, uh, that was a bit because that was my first celebration, and I went on my own, and that was a bit overwhelming for me, and that sort of shot by for me. And uh, so that one was a bit of a haze for me. Uh, the next one, 2013, I got very lucky that my sister managed to get me a VIP ticket for it. Wow. And that way I could get uh, early entry into every panel and uh, the VIPs have their own room. And uh, yeah, that was an amazing experience uh, doing that. And again, luck happened to be with me again in 2016. Uh, one day on Facebook, someone posted that they couldn't go and they posted a VIP ticket. I managed to get that. So I managed to go as a VIP again in for London, and that was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably the next time I probably won't get a VIP ticket because I did try for I think Anaheim, I think, and I think it got sold out in about a minute. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but yeah, doing it both times, those last two times in London, uh, Germany and London as a VIP is really, really great. It's just, it's you know, it's just. You get, get, uh, I met Dave Filoni, uh, uh, wow. Doug Chang, uh, saw Anthony Daniels. Uh, I think Germany one was more special for me because I managed to uh, get an autograph from Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. No. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I got a photo op with Carrie Fisher as well. So. That's incredible. That's incredible! Holy smokes! I mean, so that's something you have to arrange in advance, right? That that, and you might have to sit in a long queue for that. Uh, with uh, well, with VIP, VIPs for your autographs, you get your own line. You don't have to line up with other people. You can go straight, straight in. Get a little ticket that you've got to show, but you don't have to line up with other people. You get your own line. Okay, so sig- significantly shorter. Yeah. 
That's incredible. Yeah, it's a, for me, it's a bucket list thing to be able to meet Mark Hamill. He, he, was, yeah, he, he, was... he was in Toronto a couple of years ago. And I just couldn't swing the trip. It was, I think it was, it was Labor Day weekend for us. There was, I had a lot of stuff going on. I just couldn't manage to get away. I actually no, it was, it was conflicting with my wedding anniversary. All right. So I, I chose self-preservation and I stayed here <laughs> in, yeah. in Montreal rather than running off to celebrate with yeah. with uh, Mark Hamill. Although I, I think, think I think yeah. now my wife would understand. Yeah. I think a wise choice though. <laughs> <laughs> Next time it may not be the same choice. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to see. Wow. So is so when you're at a celebration, what what are you aiming for? Are you aiming to get into the panels? Are you, is it to meet other fans? Is it to get photo ops and autographs or do you just like to just mill about and and see what's up up for offer in the different booths and what vendors have? With the Germany one in 2013, I because you could get Half hour early entry to the pro to the con before everyone else who wishes to go have a look at the vendors first. And that year I wanted to get some vintage action figures. And I managed to get a load, and also you can get to don't have to line up. Well, don't have to line up for the panels. You can get into the panels early. You can get preferent uh, special seating for it. I remember uh, 2013. Kathleen Kennedy was there. And I was sat probably about 10 feet from her when she was doing her panel. A pretty amazing seeing her for the first time live, uh, talking for an hour. And it was a pretty interesting conversation with uh, the great Warwick Davis. And she didn't say a lot about episode seven back then. I think all she revealed was that John Williams was going to do the score. And that was pretty amazing news because John Williams is the man. And yeah, it's really great celebration so at, i can only imagine so at the, this is the first celebration since disney takes over and since really it's the first place we really get to see as a fandom what is on the horizon so she's talking about episode seven and you, like, your mind must be exploding like do, are they talking about rogue one at this point are they are they, i mean obviously we know that eight and nine is coming but what else do they tell you at this panel and just what is your what is your reaction to, to uh, knowing that all this stuff is coming? Well, this was a uh, July two thousand and thirteen, so still pretty early after the takeover. So uh, she didn't say much. All she said was, uh, "We're going to go uh, with a lot of practical effects and uh, a lot of uh, CGI, of course." But, but she was starting to push the whole uh, practical route and. Uh, she was saying that things were moving along with uh, uh, location uh, scouting and all that and that sort of thing, really. She didn't, she didn't really say a lot, really, in regards to Episode 7. Uh, I think the animation panel with uh, Dave Filoni East uh, announced or told us about uh, new things for the Star Wars Rebels series that was just announced and I think they, uh, they showed off the logo first and I got managed to get after the straight after the panel. I rushed over to the uh, celebration store and managed to get a Rebels T-shirt. Nice. You know, it's it's funny in in retrospect. You know, when when Disney takes over and we learn that we're getting episodes seven, eight, and nine, and then Filoni, uh, you know, just teases us about Rebels, and we go, "Great, 
look at all this stuff. But fast forward, five, you know, less yeah. than five years, and that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Just, you know, we're getting an, at least one, another trilogy, another series of films, of, of multiple TV series. It's it's ridiculous, Neil. Yeah, and uh, Galaxy's Edge will be opening that both parks in 2019 as well. Have you seen the drone footage for for that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right, so are you going to plan to go to that as well? Oh, definitely. I've never never ever been to Disneyland or Disney World and that I really want to go. You know, that's just a live stream now to go to go and see that. Same here. I've never been and I I, I probably won't go right off the hop. It's probably going to take me a, a couple of years to plan that, but I think any Star Wars fan worth his salt is going to want to get to that exhibit for sure. Yeah. All right. My goodness. This, this time just flew by. Neil, it's been so much fun <laughs> talking to you. Thank you. And you. Thanks a lot. And, and boy, on, on behalf of everybody at the Star Wars Commonwealth that you, you unwavering, unending support I, I can't thank you enough for all of that and your generosity is just it's staggering I I, I can you I struggle to find the words as you can hear to, to kind of put it into context like it means so much to all of us that you're there every day every day literally every day spreading positivity and carrying this fandom which has been rife with negativity over the last little while you just keep blasting <laughs> rainbows of positivity in, yeah. <laughs> in, into the Twitter sphere and carrying us on your shoulders. So thank you so much for that, Neil. It is an absolute privilege to have you as a part of this group. It's a privilege to be a part of a group. And it's probably one of my favorite things is uh, giving my own little positivity shoots of love to everyone and doing it on a daily basis. And I'll continue to do it. And and we are certainly grateful for that. So, so Neil, if, if in case anybody is silly enough not to be following you on Twitter, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Oh uh, yeah, um, I'm uh, Larry Neil Neil on Twitter, uh, Neil Larry on Facebook, and that's it really. Uh, I don't really delve into Instagram or any other sort of thing. But my main sort of vehicle is Twitter, and Larry Neil is where you'll find me on there. Perfect. And so there you go, everybody. That is Neil Lowry. He is an absolute pillar of this community. We're so happy to have him with us. So, Neil, thank you again for joining us. It has been a privilege and an honor to talk to you. And everybody else, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Worthy of Recognition. If you want to take part in this episode or in a future episode of Worthy of Recognition, you can do so by becoming a powerful friend at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber, like Neil did, like so many others have. And joining the group, we have a ton of fun talking Star Wars daily and putting great podcasts into your into your life and your earballs. So go check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And until next time, thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>